Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Polk County Today. Polk County Today is a weekly public affairs program that takes a longer look at subjects of interest in our area. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's Polk County Today. Now, please welcome with me to the show the president of the Puerto Rican Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. It's the one, the only Ana Rivera. Woo-hoo. Anita. Buenos dias. Good How morning. Are you? Long time. Ah, uh, yes. It's uh, definitely pre-pandemic, and then uh, probably a little bit before that, even. Uh, since we don't come to first Friday anymore, I saw you guys down there. But, uh, I retired, mm. and uh-huh. um, so I'm like very low key lately. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. Uh, me neither. <laughs> so, you have an event coming up uh, that you would like to talk about. So, tell us. Yes. Uh, so, again, um, the Chamber is um, celebrating this year, uh, this year's 15th year anniversary. And with that, we are bringing on July the 19th one of our most important events. It's the Latin political hobnob, and we're going to be having that on July 19th, starting at 4 o'clock at the Bartow Civic Center. So if you're out there listening this morning, we welcome you to stop by and meet and mingle with some of the uh, politicians running that day and learn a little bit more about the organizations that are going to be uh, highlighted that day. And um, I, besides baseball, basketball, and all those other things, Anna and her family love the sport of politics. Mm. So that's why we really put a lot of emphasis on that because we want our Latino community to understand that um, when you vote locally, it affects you directly instead of doing More it. so than the national votes. Yes. Really. So it's, it's, a, it's been a work in progress, but some of us are learning faster than we expected. We already have a Latina as a county commissioner, and we have a first Latino city commissioner in Haines City. So, mm. And we had at one time back in 2015 the first Latino to run for city commissioner. So we're breaking the ceiling little by little, chip by chip. Um, one of the things that are going to happen during that day on July 19th is that we're going to introduce new organizations to the community. And one of those organizations since one here founded here in the city of Lakeland is called Swan Forums. And I have with me today the founder of that organization. And and it's a very, very good organization for us Lakelanders. So um, AJ Rodriguez, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, with great pleasure. So uh, Swan Forums, as you've mentioned, is a Lakeland-based nonprofit organization. And we have a very specific and unique mission in mind. But I think in order to really get an idea of what that mission is, uh, I just think it would be prudent to quickly highlight the problem we want to remedy. Now, if you just go on social media uh, at any point in the day or just look at the media. I try to never do that. (laughs) Wise (laughs) advice. Uh, If you do that, uh, you'll notice that uh, we've seen a fundamental collapse of uh, public discourse in this country. You'll notice that we see a lot of hyper-partisanship, dogmatism, tribalism, over very important topics, uh, including uh, political topics, scientific topics, philosophical topics, and even religious topics. And this fundamental collapse in our public discourse and our ability to have a conversation ought to worry everyone because the very act of having a conversation, having an open exchange of ideas, we believe at Swan Forms that is the best tool we have for progress here in our Federalist Republic. So how do we make people not think that you hate them because you disagree with them. I think it's it comes down to the mindset. And because I think, that's what people think these days, right? 
Absolutely. There's, yeah. there's this, uh, if you're not with me, you're against me attitude. Yeah. It's uh, very, very combative. And I think the way you remedy that, speaking from personal experience, is just by providing them the opportunity to have engagement and proper exposure to all sides of the argument. And that's what our mission is at Swan Forums. That's what we aim to achieve for the citizens of Lakeland. Mm. And this is a national problem, yeah. but we can't address it nationally as an organization, which is why our motto is to think globally but act locally. And our mission is to fundamentally allow everyone in the city to have a platform where all sides could be heard without bias and without shrewd editing, mm. while also providing platforms for local charities so that their causes can uh, be addressed and we can raise money for them as well. Hmm. So hmm. it's um, having uh, forums where people would pay for an entry fee and those fees will go towards local charities? Well, to be a little more detailed, I don't want to take the spotlight away from uh, the political hobnob. We have plenty of information on our on our Facebook page if you just search Swan Forms on Facebook. But we, we're planning on launching a website with a ton of educational content that will provide voters with education on how to vote, where to vote, and more importantly, how to use the Supervisor of Elections website, which is a data-rich environment with oh, a yeah. plethora of data. It's good for mm -hmm. students. It's good for political enthusiasts. And if you are out there listening right now and you're thinking about running for office, you can get a lot of data on that website for free. Mm. But most people don't know how to navigate it. Mm. And along with that is we would also like to expose everyone to all political parties in the Lakeland area. And we'd also like to provide the citizens of Lakeland with educational content on logic, reasoning, and argumentation, which is usually the hardest thing to sell. But we think that if we provide these resources to the citizens through our website, uh, it'll better arm them to think more critically and to uh, make wiser decisions, not just at the ballot box, but also at in their personal lives. Yeah, AJ, I like, uh, I, I like uh, your idea. I like uh, where you're going with that because uh, that's the whole thing. You can't talk to people these days without them, you know, they, they want to dig into what you think and what you believe. And, and, and it, a lot of times that doesn't even matter, uh, you know, according to what you're talking about. So, you know, if I think one way about a, a, an issue and you think an opposite way about the issue, that doesn't mean we can't talk about it or talk about other things without even having to be brought up. You know, just being friendly and having a conversation with people, uh, that's what I like to think this show does, is uh, we just have conversations. We're, we're not uh, trying to push anything on anybody, and we just want to hear what uh, you have to think, and we'll let you know what we think, and uh, we'll go home happy and be friends, shake hands, all of that stuff. Len, that's what the premise of the political hobnob mm. is, uh, is to get everyone in in a room where you're meeting and mingling, you know, it's a networking mm. event. And yeah, they'll have their tables set up with all their marketing material and things like that. But I want them to be able to cross. It's funny I'm going to say it this way, but to cross the aisle yeah. and ask questions to one another. They want to let the public see them interact as, people. you know, people. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, this is not a, a scene from Jurassic Park where everyone's like, ah, you yeah. know, no, <laughs> nothing like that. But um, I want to highlight real quick before we go off the air, um, we have the school board um, part of the candidates running. We have two, four. We have a lot of school board candidates mm. running. Yeah. We'll be also um, highlighting county judges. Four of them are running in, the, in Group 8. We'll have uh, county commissioner up again uh, with incumbent uh, Dr. Martha Santiago. 
and um, we have um, House of Representatives. Uh, we have uh, Kelly Stargell, Cesar Ramirez, uh, Jennifer Rayburn, uh, Eddie Tarasona. So you have District 15 and District 18 mm. going to be represented on that day. And you'll have also United States Senator, um, uh, you know, those who are running for that particular area. So Yeah, I was curious uh, which offices would be represented. Uh, yeah. So people will get a chance to talk to them and ask them questions or will they just like make speeches? Well, the I told them uh, they already called me and emailing me and says, OK, so Anna, what is what is going to be the dynamic of that day? And I says, well, because I'm the ringleader. So <laughs> the timeline is going to be like this and it'll be in the program. But I will you know, send it to you. Each uh, candidate's going to have a minute to two minutes elevator pitch, just briefly talk about themselves, why they're running, et cetera. And then I will have a question specific to their office and okay. my moderator aj rodriguez is going to be hitting them with that question and um like in other uh times before i would tell them these are the kind of questions we're going to ask this time i'm not emailing them this they should be on top of their game because they're going to be in front of their constituents and they need to be ready to answer anything off the cuff Mm. not anything planned because that I, i think that's the problem right now with a with our government is that everything is scripted and so the constituents are becoming more and more frustrated. It's not say it like it is. You know, it's yeah. be ready to understand and respect your constituent, whether they are from your party or not. Because once you're elected, you are representing all people. Mm. You know, so um, just be ready for you guys who signed up for the Latin political <laughs> hop. No, I'm, I'm, get, I'm warning you right now. It's Wednesday. You got like a week left. Uh, be on top of your game. Because I'm really tough, and AJ is as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, t- tell, give us the details about when and where one more time. Okay. It's on Tuesday, July 19th at 4 p.m. It begins at 4 p.m. And it's at the Bartow Civic Center at um, 2250 South Florida Avenue, Floral Avenue in Bartow. Mm-hmm. You'll, see, you'll see a huge building there and... Um, all these senior communities who love to visit these kind of things, please come, especially the Latino community. And I've, I've been to the, these types of events before. It's a great event. If you're not sure who you're, you're thinking about voting for, you get to hear the people talk themselves. You get to meet them if you have any questions for them, uh, you know. So they'll be mingling in with they'll the crowd. They'll be mingling, yes. Right? And now, before or after or or they speak or... Well, they'll be mingling with them, and then, as a matter of fact, I'll give you a quick rundown so people know what we're going to be doing that that afternoon. Okay. So, obviously, when you walk in, there will be music playing because I always have a DJ mm. with some outstanding snacks? music. Will there, will there be snacks? There'll be snacks <laughs> and refreshments, and um, of course, we'll do the Pledge of Allegiance, and we'll have someone sing, uh, you know, the national anthem. Uh, I'll be welcoming them, and then from um, four fifteen till about five o'clock. The crowd can be mingling with the constituents and the candidates right. going around here and there. Okay. And then I will start to gotcha. call them up to the uh, podium to introduce themselves. So, again, I'm warning you guys, if you're listening to me, you've got a one to two minute elevator pitch. Do it right. Practice now. Now, is this free for the uh, public to yes, attend? It's free for the public to attend. And um, we do have some parameters. We, if, you know, 
our DJ is uh, also a lieutenant of the sheriff's office, so you must behave if you're coming. <laughs> so he's not only going to hit why you with some great sounds, but... <laughs> why wouldn't people behave? I don't understand. Well, I don't know uh, either. <laughs> Anna Rivera, she's president of the Puerto Rican Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. A.J. Rodriguez, uh, and uh, tell us one more time the name of the company that you're starting. So our nonprofit is uh, known as Swan Forms Incorporated, and we currently do not have an active website. We're still working on our educational content and yeah. uh, finding, uh, we're looking for uh, local writers to join our community blog. But if you're looking for information, we could just search us up on Facebook. Just look up Swan Forms on Facebook, and uh, on there you'll have a five-minute video explaining everything about our organization, and you'll also find a link to our GoFundMe page where you can help us uh, raise money for our cause. Excellent. Very good. Thank you very much uh, for coming in. And uh, next Tuesday is the big day. This program was pre-recorded and may not reflect the most current information available. All right. Our next guest on the show has been with the Peace River Center for 10 years. Started as a graduate intern while earning her master's degree in professional counseling at Southeastern University. In her role as a director of children's services, she manages daily operations for the children's services department, consisting of therapeutic behavioral on-site therapy, targeted case management, home-to-stay reunification program, and community action treatment team. In addition to providing trauma-informed care training for every Peace River Center new hire, she's very active a community advocate for mental health awareness, Tiffany, a certified mental health first aid trainer and partners with local law enforcement through the Crisis Intervention Training Program. Please welcome with me to the program, Tiffany Fritchie, Director of Children's Services at Peace River Center. Good morning, Tiffany. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here. Happy uh, that you're here. You've got a lot of letters after your name, too, uh, on this. <laughs> uh, so LMHC, I'm thinking, is a licensed mental health counselor. That's right. Uh, but uh, there's too many letters in the next one that I, I wouldn't have any idea what it is. CBHCMS. So that is basically a certified um, cognitive behavioral um, case manager supervisor. So we focus on mental health case management for kids. Okay. All right. So uh, as director of children's services, is there a time when parents should worry or seek out assistance from you guys uh, uh, for their children? Uh, or what what do people what should people look for? I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, that's a great question. So that, that gets asked a lot, right? So everybody wonders like, well, when's the right time, or or when is it when is it too bad, or, or we need to get some support? And and my question would be. Um, Tell me what's going on with your kid. What's the baseline for your kid? Because everybody's different. We all have our own baseline. You know, mental health, it's really a spectrum. We have good days and we have, you know, days that are not so good. And so I think that there's always, you know, that opportunity to have conversations with your kids, to be engaging with them. And then when you notice that things are outside of the baseline of normal for them, maybe they're um, difficulties with appetite or sleep or with relationships, things just seem off. It's never a bad time to reach out for support. Now, is there a time when, uh, you know, just you would tell a parent, well, just just wait for a couple of days and see what's happening? Sure. Yeah. So what we typically look for um, in a clinical setting is, 
is something creating difficulty with your ability to function. So mm. sometimes for kids, we see difficulties maintaining or forming relationships, difficulties in grades and attendance in school, difficulties, you know, with their physical health, because we know that mental health um, difficulties can manifest in physical ailments. This happens time and time again with trauma. And so I would say um, when you see disruptions and after a few days, you know, it's still not getting any better. You can always call the Peace River Center um, 24-7 emotional support line and just talk it through. It's never a bad idea to reach out to your primary care provider, but also calling Peace River Center and scheduling an appointment for an intake. It's never a bad way to start just to get an idea for additional support. Just to, to have a conversation, basically, right. is what you're saying. Absolutely. Uh, let's go in, Let's come in and let's talk about it. And that... Uh, uh, 24-hour crisis line is uh, 863-519-3744, just in case uh, that you might, might like to call and talk with somebody at Peace River Center. And that's uh, manned 24 hours a day, right? Absolutely. And we also have chat features. We have text features. So lots of ways okay. to provide support. So they can get in contact with you. They just don't have, not phone only. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I know some people are more, uh, uh, I guess, comfortable texting. Oh, yes. I, I want to talk to somebody. <laughs> Let me talk to somebody, please. Well, and the great thing I will tell you um, about right now, which we've never had this option before, is we offer telehealth sessions. And so for oh, so okay. long, the only option was, you know, coming into an office, um, you know, in the middle of your workday or, you know, right after school or whenever you had the availability. And now um, for children's services and for adult services as well, you know, you can call and schedule a Zoom session. And, you know, we provide... Um, Telehealth sessions, we provide crisis mobile assessments where if you are in the middle of a crisis, our team can come out to you. Um, many times we'll have um, parents call or even school officials call because just having that extra layer of support, knowing that it's there, knowing that you don't have to know all the answers to all the problems, um, you know, regarding mental health, we're here to support. And so I think it's nice, even if you don't reach out, to know that it's there whenever you do need it. Now, I know with the mental health, it's different for each individual uh, but in your decade of being with Peace River Center, have you noticed any sort of pattern with children? Is there a certain time when problems hit more than others, or could it be just all over the place? Sure. I will tell you that I think that it's happening earlier um, than whenever I first started. And there's a lot of probably factors related to that. Um, sometimes social media, you know, has a big impact. I know whenever I was in... Social media is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was in elementary school and middle and high school, I mean, th there was a limitation to how much influence your peers had over, you know, your inner self-talk. And now really those limitations are gone with social media you know they're around you all the time and so i can tell you that the onset i've seen is a lot earlier um, because the access is a lot more than it was before and so um, it, it's been really interesting for me you know starting from an intern now as a director just to see um, that the need is still there and even mm. with all the services and what that tells me is Mental health is so important, and it's one of those things where you don't wait for it to get bad, right? You're intentional about creating safeguards and protective factors, and before things become challenging, create conversations with your kids to where you already have those coping skills and supports built in for when you need them. So, it, I mean, it, it's I'm trying to figure out, is it external factors that are causing these problems, or is it, as I've come to believe, uh, there are some problems in the brain, synapses not firing correctly or something like that. And it's going to happen at some point, but maybe there are external factors that push it to starting earlier. Is that what you're saying? 
Sure. Well, that's the question, right? Yeah. <laughs> so whenever we think about mental health, the, the big dilemma is always nature versus nurture, right? Mm. So um, there is absolutely, um, you know, genetic predispositions right, and biological forces in place. We know that... Um, in utero, you know, if children are exposed to substances or to trauma, that will affect the development of the brain. We know this to be true. Um, but also you have to look at, you know, the environment. If you're around someone who's constantly lifting you up, constantly, you know, speaking life over you, constantly, you know, coming alongside you and helping you to problem solve, well, you're going to have, you know, resilience built in in those protective factors. But if you're in a situation where um, you may have heard of adverse childhood experiences, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're in a situation where you might be struggling with, you know, financial um, income or lack of financial income. Maybe you're in a situation to where your housing is not stable. Um, maybe you're having a situation where there is a parent or a caregiver who is struggling with their own mental health or substance use or, or possibly incarceration. All of those things kind of build up to create an opportunity for trauma to kind of slip in and to create some some risk factors there. Now, just because you've gone through something hard does not necessarily mean that it will be traumatic in nature because, right, you know, trauma is, you know, it's dependent upon, you know, the person who's experiencing it. We all have our own baseline. We all have our own protective factors. But there's a lot of things that kind of play into well, why does this happen? Why does someone react the way that they react? And I think a lot of times what we find is that it's a combination of biology, but also a combination of the environment. And I will say just because someone has a a genetic predisposition doesn't necessarily mean, oh, this will definitely happen, Mm. but it does create, you know, the, the more likely chance that, well, this could occur. So then what do you do? You know, you're proactive. You, you make sure that you're taking care of your mental health, just as you would take care of your physical health. Now, how do you convince uh, the uh, children to do that, though? Uh, you have to get the parents on board. Right. So we definitely um, work hand in hand with all of our yeah. caregivers. And I say caregivers because in Polk County, we have a lot of grandparents right. raising grandchildren. We have a lot of... Um, I just meant parents in a generic, sure. you know, whoever's raising the child. Yeah, th- their person. Absolutely. Right. Um, it, it definitely takes buy-in. And I think a lot of times what helps us is... The, the parents, the caregivers, they're coming to us, right? So they've been referred to our program or they're asking for help. Maybe, you know, they've had a teacher or someone will come alongside them and say, hey, I think this might be helpful for you. And so they already know, okay, my child is, it might be struggling here. And so that there is that initial buy-in, but then it's just sitting down with that person, you know, at their dining room table or in the office and saying, let's talk about how we can help. Let's talk about what are the obstacles and stressors that are kind of creating difficulty for your child to, to get better and how can we, you know, come at that and come up with a plan. And so it takes a lot of buy-in mm. and it takes a lot of work. It's not just, you know, dropping your kid off and, and, you know, please fix my kid. It's not about fixing anybody. Mm. It's about, you know, partnering with a family to help your child heal. I mean, I know that I probably was messed up from my childhood, uh, but, you know, I had a stepdad who would uh, get up, boy, I'm going to kick you in the behind, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that kind of uh, uh, raising but that's, I don't know if that's gone by the wayside, if there's still people who parent that way or, you know, I, I chose my parenting style based on uh, anything that my parents didn't do. So uh, I tried yeah. to, <laughs> yeah. I just felt like it, yeah, let me try this instead of that. And, you know, it, just, it kind of worked out, but I don't know what, what I'm trying to ask, I guess, is uh, when you run across maybe a parent who brings a child to you or, or a caregiver who brings a child to you and and uh, they're not really buying in, uh, what can you do at that point? 
Sure. So one of my graduate professors, um, he recently passed away. His name was Dr. Michael Grogan at Southeastern University. An amazing pastor, but also marriage and family therapist. He used to say, until the pain of staying the same is greater than the fear of changing, people don't change. Mm. And so um, that just cut me to the core when mm. I heard that because yeah. it's so true, right? You know. Well, I've heard, uh, I mean, I've heard people say in the past, People are naturally resistant to change. I would agree. And a lot of times, you know, when you think about it, you know, we gravitate to what's normal to us, right? To what's comfortable to us. Mm. But normal doesn't equate to healthy. It doesn't. And as you were saying with your childhood, I mean, I think that the listeners and I, I think even, you know, myself and Nick, when we think back, why are we the way we are? Why do we make the choices that we make? It's either to support something that was done well, mm. or it's either to counteract something that was not done so well. And so what I would say to the parenting is, you know, for every parent, you know, they've got their own personalized approach to parenting, you know, for whatever for whatever reason. Um, but myself, I'm a parent. I've got a seven-year-old and I've got a five-year-old. Mm. And I see in myself what you said, right? You know, taking the good parts of parenting that you experience, but also really pivoting to to do something better and you know why do parents parent the way they do and one thing that i found they want their kids to be better than they are that's yeah. it and right and, and one yeah. thing i found whenever maybe they're not parenting you know the way that maybe we think that they should um sometimes we see parents trapped in this cycle of toxic behavior because they might not know um in our home to stay program our reunification program so we work with children who have been removed by dcf right mm. and the caregivers they're working towards that case plan and when it's time to be reunified well, we can come in and just support that family so that child is home to stay and you know we go in and we say okay well what's going on here you know how did you find yourself in these circumstances and a lot of times parents involved in the child welfare system were children involved in the child welfare system. Mm. So we have this generational cycle of trauma and sometimes you need help to break that cycle. And just kind of going back to your point about parenting, one of the best kind of um, things that, that I've kept in my brain just as I've been parenting my own child, when I'm walking into a situation, you know, maybe they're into mischief or whatever it may be. Sure. Um, Kids get into mischief. Sure. All the time. People get into mischief. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Am I walking into the situation? Am I reacting or am I responding? Am I allowing my emotions to be center? Or am I focusing on what do they need right now? Kids don't need you to come in there and say, why did you do this? And why did you do that? They need you to say, tell me what happened. And, you know, how can I help? Because what is my purpose as a parent? You know, not to punish. My purpose is to train little humans to be good humans. And yeah. you get that through teaching them. Sounds like uh, they're in yeah. good hands over at Peace River Center. Oh, yeah. uh, we're speaking uh, with uh, Tiffany Fritchie who is the director of children's services at the Peace River Center. Uh, now, when I said that you've been there for 10 years, uh, did you did you actually think about uh, you've already been there for 10 years? Or is it just like, whew, it's gone by so fast? You know, there were moments when it seemed very long, and those moments were correlated with my graduate studies. <laughs> um, but after that, it really has flown by. I, yeah. I can't believe it. I'm about to do a 10-year anniversary myself of hosting this program, so... Oh, boy. In July. What about you? Did it fly by or did it drag? (laughs) Some days it drags, uh, but other days it just flies by, you know. Uh, Let's take a quick call. Good morning. You're live on Mame the Aim. Who's this? James from Auburndale. Hey, James. I got a question for Tiffany. Okay. Uh, Back in the day, there's the people when they were just getting their kids Ritalin, just to calm them down when all they needed was the good spanking because it was a strong-willed child. Do you still see that happening today? Now hang up and listen to your response. Thanks, James. 
Thanks so much for calling. I really appreciate that. I will say um, it's really difficult. You know, everybody is case by case, right? You know, every child is different. And so what is the purpose of medication management, I I think, is the bigger question. Why why are we medicating a child, right? And so um, medication management is not the scary term that people use. Um, It basically is when the symptoms are so great that you're not able to focus on, you know, managing your behavior or your thought process or thinking through or brainstorming because those symptoms are so severe. And so the purpose of medication management is to reduce the symptoms so you can focus on functioning and, you know, better focus on therapy if that is part of your treatment plan. I will say, you know, that every parent has to decide what is the the best discipline approach for their child. Mm. But my question would be, what is the purpose behind what we're doing, right? Is this working for your family? And, you know, are you being responsive? Are you teaching them? What are they learning from this interaction? Um, it's never a good idea, you know, to medicate for the purpose of medicating. Sometimes it's necessary because, you know, those behaviors are not stabilizing with therapy alone, but every kid is different. Yeah. And Tiffany Fritchie is our guest. She's the director of children's services at Peace River Center. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we like to partner up with Peace River every year. Uh, to uh, highlight uh, what it is that they do to help out uh, with the mental health of our community. Uh, Tiffany, can people, how do people get a hold of you if they need help uh, with their children, if they have questions uh, or, or they're looking for help? Absolutely. So there's lots of ways to get a hold of support at Peace River Center. You can always go to our website, www.peacerivercenter.org. You can also call our access to care number. Um, you are welcome to um, to ask for me if you have any questions as the director of children's services. So, so lots of ways. Um, but for me specifically, you're welcome to call Peace River Center. Um, I'm glad to give you my extension. It's um, 863-519-0575. That's the main Peace River number. And my extension is 6235. Um, we definitely are able to help um, and able to start those conversations. And if we are not the right fit or the right form of treatment, we will do our very best to connect you and be that bridge to what your child needs. That is fantastic. Uh, Tiffany Fritchie is her name. She is the Director of Children's Services at Peace River Center. Tiffany, thanks a lot for coming on the program today. We appreciate all that you do. Uh, You have all of these duties and you're raising two children. I don't know how you have find the time in in the day to uh, do all of that, but uh, (laughs) it's pretty awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you so much. And that wraps up this week's edition of the program. Thank you for tuning in and join us again next week for Polk County Today.